Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Adjacent. You're listening to the Sports Adjacent. Okay, I like that. I just learned something new today. Adjacent. With Jason Leisure and Russell Dorsey on the House of L Network. We're doing everything I dreamed of as an adjacent. Oh, you got the... Uh, the ice ball going there. That's that's oh, the, that that's is the, the way to go. What, what are you there? drinking in there? Um, this is a little uh, tequila. Oh, okay, mm. uh, dude, I uh, I love those whiskey kind of night. I love those whiskey cubes, man. No, so I hanging out with my 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 buddy Brad Evans. He's really gotten me into uh, tequila, and that you can like sip. Fantasy uh, betting guy, Brad Evans. Yeah. Yes, he's. Oh, lead. that's my boy. Yeah, we we work together at. Bally now mm-hmm. um he is like a tequila connoisseur like if you mm-hmm. want to learn about tequila he will let you know about it and so I, i've been like testing them and so this is um lobos reposado this is a uh, lebron's tequila so i mm. think i give bron you know a little test out but i bought when i bought the new place i got the sphere um ice cube container mm. so yeah man when y'all come over, y'all get the ah, beer ice. They make fridges now that will make those for you. Dude, that's wild. I, I have the trays. I have the trays for the spheres and the really big cubes. Mm-hmm. And I bought them, as most people do, I bought it for whiskey because that's how I like my whiskey. But they're good for, like, everything. Mm-hmm. They're really, really good for iced coffee. It looks yeah, satisfying. It won't, it won't like dilute your. No, they're aesthetically pleasing. Yeah, I just like, like that, if you... okay, that's good. But like, it, as far as the actual drink you have, they're, <laughs> the I actual, would put they do these... look cool. They do look cool. You're right, but the actual purpose of them is that they'll make your drink cold without melting as much as regular ice cubes would and watering it down. So they're awesome for iced coffee and cocktails. Uh, and even, you know, if you're just going to drink pop or something like that, like pretty much anything that you want cold but not watered down, these things are, are great for them. Tony, when you, when you come to the house, I'll put your root beer. There you go. Sphere oh, ice cube. I got you. And speaking of, like, satisfying things, when's the last time you guys sharpened a pencil? Man. <laughs> you know what, Tony? I miss sharpening a, a, a good pencil sharpener. Is really satisfying. It's it, it's something that I miss. I think when you and I were in school, the, it was literally it was probably the end of the sharpened pencil era, mm-hmm. right? Like when I got to high school, it was all mechanical pencils. If you didn't have mechanical pencils, you were a what bum, were you doing? right? Right. Wow. Um, but when I was in like junior high, even lower than that, first, second, third grade, it was still mm-hmm. kind of go to the wall. And get that jagged edge oh. ass pencil, right? <laughs> but then you had the teacher, and everybody couldn't use it. It was always it was like a secure 
you had to go to a secure location to use it. They had the <laughs> electric sharpener, and she would make you bring your pencils up, and then she would sharpen them for you. You couldn't do it yourself. Like, no, yeah. you four pencils. I'll you just couldn't them. be trusted with it. Why? And then you sit your you ass down. I don't know. What could you, you do with an are. electric pencil sharpener? There's nothing you could actually do with it. You know, t- teachers, you, looking back, teachers had some wild stuff that they used to tell students. But oh, understanding our educational Tony, system. You don't have to tell Tony with the daycare that he went to, man. Understanding you know. our educational system. I can see why teachers was saying some of the things they said. It's, it's been a rough environment for the teachers over the last. Yeah, I used to. I, I was I was the the good kid in elementary school, but you know there are some times, right? That you know some things happen, some bad things happen. Um, but I was completely in fear of what my parents would do to me. So, like, uh, if you fail a test, um, they will make they will send the the paper for a signature to your house to be signed by your parent to let so you know they saw how right. terrible you did. So, yeah, I had some like that too. Man, I can't my, tell you how many times I forged my parents' uh, signature. Wow. <laughs> really? Wow. Wow. He can only admit that because his parents don't listen to the show. Make this a clip, Tony. Make it a clip. <laughs> they won't see it. They that like just like Tony himself, uh, they've lost track of all the things he says in all the different places where he's on. Fam, I was not ready for that butt woman. I was just not prepared for it. So, you know, just do a little 4G 4G. You know, you understand me? <laughs> my parents would have sided with the teacher in 100% of any kind of disagreement between me and a teacher. My parents really? would have always sided with the teacher. Yeah. They'd have been uh, like, it's, it's your, it, the problem is you, not the teacher. You grew they would up have ne- my parents would have never listened to any, oh, the teacher's unfair. They would have never heard that. Tony, what about you? Did you grow up in a, uh, the teacher's wrong? Pro teacher? Oh, no. It was always pro teacher. Always pro teacher. Yeah. There was never... Yeah, your, your dad, your parents are disciplinarians, aren't they? Oh yeah, yeah, definitely. Especially definitely. your dad, I think. I got uh I got caught one time. We were uh at uh we were in West Inglewood, and this is how you know that I'm from Chicago. They closed my elementary school, even though the building is still there. So um uh in West Inglewood, we for fun, we would just kind of run through the neighborhood, run through people's backyards, just kind of play tag, and you know, it was fun. Yeah. Until we got caught. Uh, and then it was one of those things where, hey, you're going to, you know, serve in school suspension for, for leaving the property. And uh, Oh, okay. I got you. I thought, you do I, that during school. Now I got it. Okay. So uh, definitely didn't want my life to end. So uh, I knew I was transferring. It was the third grade. I knew I was transferring. And I just waited the teacher out. Did my work. Was good in school. And then I transferred and left the school. Never had to admit anything <laughs> until now. <laughs> so, how many times? We're in a safe space now. I'm an adult. Jason, did you had you ever uh, been suspended at school? Not suspended, but it's interesting. Tony calls this a safe place. Like, I'm 38 years old, and I still don't necessarily want to admit something <laughs> I hid from my parents with with two, 25 with years ago now with three kids and two dogs and a wife right, right. I, still want to admit I got I got det- I got three days of detention so I never got suspended in any way but I got a three-day detention sentence oh man detention uh, light I it probably depends on the school it's a pain in the butt it is and, and it means you're gonna be after school for over an hour later than normal so it's a hard one to hide but I 
my parents, this will be how they find out about it. I think, uh, if this goes in the show, um, I just told him I had to like stay after school, you know, for some, I probably made up some excuse that made me sound good. Like, you know, oh, I'm just uh, staying out, giving out uh, Thanksgiving turkeys or something. Giving out turkeys in the hood. Right. Yeah. (laughs) Right. Uh, I'm just here doing charity work. I got, you know what I, you know what I got in trouble for, for that? And it was, this is still garbage. It still bothers me the way that this happened. Uh, I was in geometry class and the teacher was such a weird guy. He was so squirrely and he had this like stack of packets mm-hmm. for us sitting on on the desk in front of me. And while he was talking, I drew a picture on the stack of packets, like this, the side of it. So you wouldn't be able to, I drew a picture of him, I think. Uh, Very but creative. like, but like if you put the packets out of order, this is like, if you wrote on the, uh, the pages of a, not the actual pages, but like just the very top of the pages of a book or something like that. So these packets, like if you put them out of order, you wouldn't be able to tell what it was. It just looked like if you grabbed any one of them randomly, it just looked like there's some pen marks on it. Uh, so he saw this, I guess, never said a word to me about it. And like three days later, I get served with a detention notice <laughs> for inappropriate behavior in class. I don't even know what it's for. I'm like, what did I even do? What is this from? Cause like, you know, yeah, I remember doing that. I, like I remember that I drew on those packets because of what the fallout was. But if that if I had never gotten a detention over it, I probably wouldn't have even remembered that I had done that twenty years later. I wouldn't even have that. I'd tell you I went home and wrote about it in my diary today. I drew a funny picture of the math teacher on the packets so that I'd remember it. Um, and so uh, I was very mad at the teacher. I, I guess not so much because of the discipline, because it's like, hey, all right, fine. You know, if that's how you want to do things. All right, I can, but like, say something about it. What are you doing? Like, <laughs> I just went through class that like normal the next two or three days before I just get, all of a sudden get a ink slip delivered yeah, to me. Yeah, yeah. I hate, I hate the, on, the, I hate the the sneak of teacher. Jeez. Yeah, I was like, come on, I'm a child. Like, tell me to my face if I have done something wrong or if I, if I have offended you. Tell me to my yes. face. Like, yeah, don't, 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 don't be a dumb don't be a bitch about it. Like, do it. <laughs> if you're going to do it, do it. Right. If you're going to do it, uh, do it. You know, your word's not mine. But <laughs> you got in trouble for slapping a kid, but did you get? Did you ever get actually suspended? Who? Me or Tony? Yeah. No, you. Didn't you oh, slap you. a kid on the bus or something? Kids? No, that was actually, like, going, we went 30. Like, that was fisticuffs. Okay, okay full on fisticuffs. <laughs> we, was whooping, we was whooping ass on the bus. Did you get suspended for that? I can't remember. I did. I did get okay. suspended for that. So the funny part about that story is that where that fight happened was, like, literally around the corner from my apartment that I just moved from. Um, <laughs> so I got a one-game suspension, a detention, and I thought that was it. Because, you know, me and my coach was cool. He knew it was the other kid's fault. I was just standing up for myself. Mm-hmm. But then the principal finds out and the principal on some bull is like, no, we have to make an example of you, Russell Dorsey. Because then the principal knew my parents and, you know, we, we expect more from you. Blah, blah, blah. So I then hate I got that. To, I hate that too. Right. Like, why? Why me? I'm a child just like these other children. I, I'm I, allowed to mess up. Yes. Yes. Um, I don't know why you expect more from me. So I got suspended for two days. Um, but then also when I, that was in, I was in the, I was in the fifth grade when that, sixth grade when that happened, one or two. And then when I was in the s- fifth, 
fifth grade. And then when I was in sixth grade the next year, so some dude was talking about my mom. There's very few things I get like super mad about. I don't play about Cheryl Dorsey, right? Right. Mm-hmm. Nobody likes it. No. So dude, <laughs> dude was talking about my mom. I like forearm shove him into we were in like the hallway. I shove him like to into the bathroom door. And I was like, yo, keep talking about my mom. I'm I'm gonna mess you up. Uh I think I might have said in the moment. Me and the hitters are gonna come after you, right? <laughs> okay. you know, I'm, just, I'm just trying to talk tough or whatever. Is that H I T T A Z, the hitters? S, but yes. Oh, okay. Same. It, Z suffices. I in, said, in my era, they put a Z at the end of everything. Yeah, so I'm like, you know, I'm just talking shit, trying to defend my mom, be bad. Me and the hitters coming after you. There you go. Okay. Um, <laughs> There's a teacher who I had in fourth grade. There, sees the whole thing. She get involved, break everything up, then go to the principal like, Russell was starting a fight. First of all, and nobody even got my side of the story, so <laughs> F her. Second of all, we get Shorty calls my mom the next day talking about some, Russell's been starting fights. Um, and it, this, is, this is what really made me mad. And I never got to go off on this teacher for it because my mom made me not. She calls my mom and is like, he started this fight and then making these threats. Like, is he involved in gang activity? I'm like, wait a minute. What? I'm on the honor roll. What are you talking about? Gang activity? Cause I just, I'm up here talking shit in the fight, talking about me and the hitters coming after dude. She up here taking that seriously. Like I was in like GD or something. Like you had some hitters. <laughs> yes. Right. Like I was throwing it up at school. I wasn't, I'm just trying to defend my mom's honor. Like anybody else would. I got suspended for that, too. All right. Let's start the show. Let's start the show. I want to get back to some of this, especially the, the pencil sharpening conversation that we started with. Tony, what did you call that? Satisfying? Yes. Yeah, Satisfying. I agree with Tony. Isn't that on the list of like 200 words that we are not we can't say on this show without? <laughs> I feel like that was okay. I think that's that was okay. Is okay. I, I do understand you asking with Tony. Like, there's some things that you never think would be funny. I, I feel like he, he says it and it's fine, but if I used the word satisfying, he, he would immediately jump in. Yeah, right. Exactly. Yes. Uh, welcome to Sports Adjacent. I'm Jason Leisure with my co-host, Russ Dorsey, and our producer, Tony Gill. Sports Adjacent is brought to you by Sheets and Giggles. You can get 23% off. It's applied automatically when you visit them through sheetsgiggles.com slash s. A, and you're going to get some of the the silkiest, <clears throat> smoothest eucalyptus sheets you can buy. They, I was, you know, you might be asking yourself like, why eucalyptus sheets? What do you? What's the point of that? There's a lot of reasons why those are better than cotton and smoother, and you know, like, as Tony says, feels like uh, what your entire body is being kissed all at once. Is that how you describe it, Tom? Mm-hmm. Yeah, all at the same time. Just all at the right. same time, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, From the rooter to the tutor. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> Tony turned himself into a 50 year old black man <laughs> uh, I don't think they're gonna use that in their marketing our sheets but, uh, kiss you from the rooter to the tutor did you know Russ that they're static free so they don't not they don't attract like dust or oh, I know. hair or any of that stuff um, they, uh, they, they're made from eucalyptus tree pulp and by doing that by making the fibers out of that they're, the fibers are like longer. Go ahead, Tone. Whoa. 
Thank you. And uh, more consistent than cotton. So they end, it ends up re resulting in a smoother sheet, which all of us enjoy. I have these on my bed right now. Any, I, I, I have two sets. So anytime I take one off, I immediately have the other one ready to go. Like I'm done with all other sheets, Russ. No, they're great. They get softer each time you wash them. So I've washed mine a couple times now. And they, it's just super soft sheets. I put, you know, they have the duvet, the dinner that you add the duvet cover on, which putting on a duvet cover is a hassle, but it has the ties to make it really easy, really mm -hmm. simple. Um, they're super dope. And the, the duvet cover is also just as soft as the sheet. It's, it's awesome, man. Get it. We're also brought to you by Connect Roasters, local Chicago coffee company, and you can get 23% off at connectroasters.com with promo code ADJACENT23. They've got coffee from all over the world, Ethiopia, Nicaragua, Colombia, the Congo, Dominican Republic, Guatemala. They take extreme pride in the quality of their coffee, and 23% off is a pretty good deal. Any order of 30 or more, you go on there, you put in a code adjacent 23 and you're going to get some really, really good coffee. Uh, I don't know if I do I sound normal? Cause I've been sick. I don't know if it's coming through in my voice or not. No, you sound, sound okay. Just as you sound close to normal Jason. Right. Oh, I, I wasn't even thinking. I thought uh, it was coming out the other end. Okay. Tone. <laughs> no, nothing was coming out any. And I was all like, my stomach was just like, uh, just like, tight and painful and it's the first time in a long time man i can't remember the last time that i had to spend an entire day in bed mm. like i did monday like Yikes. it was it was brutal uh and i felt like i wanted to throw up it's like if i could just throw up i'd probably feel better yeah you know you know that feeling uh you guys were talking tony you started our little uh pre-show conference mm -hmm. about sharpening pencils um uh -huh. it's got to be for me it's got to be the it's got to be. Please stop, Russ. Please stop with the hand motions, okay? Well, that's how you sharpen pencils. We get enough, Tony. We get enough. Yeah, it is. Yes, it is. Right. <laughs> Many things work that way. Yes. Uh, plugging something into an outlet, for example. Yes. It's but it's got to be one of the old school, like grinding, mechanical turning pencil sharpeners for me. The loud ass sharpeners yes. on the wall. <laughs> yeah. Yes. The, 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 uh, the electric one doesn't really do it for me. My kids are homeschooled and my kids use sharpening pencils as like a delay tactic. They use it as a way to like not have to do something. They're like, and they're constantly having to sharpen a pencil. It's a, it's a huge distraction for us, but they do have one that's like, they have one that's electric and they have one that's mechanical. And I always want to use the mechanical one. I the old school, you know, the one that you have to turn. I do miss that. You know, I don't, I don't really, I don't think I have a preference, you know, in terms of mechanical or uh, electric. They're both just as satisfying to me. You know, just stick something in there and, and you know, comes out sharp, brand new, you know? Um, yes, right. The, the, the reason why, like I, well, one of the reasons why, you know, you, you make that trip up to the, you know, up to the front of the class. It's usually near the doorway, you know, for mm -hmm. some reason. It's usually near the doorway. And you say, oh, I need to sharpen my pencil. You just do it just to get a landscape of, of the classroom. Or, you mm -hmm. know, that nice young lady that you, you know, you've been trying to there get. There you go. You know, you know? Me, me, there's multiple, yeah. multiple uses of the uh, the mechanical. Always Tony needs to be on bull, be on bull at school. So we were on the same wavelength. <laughs> 
I don't use pencils anymore. I, I don't I don't really ever need to do that. I might have like one pencil in my backpack or something like that, but I mean half, the time, you're, number two. half the time you're jotting something down, you're doing it on the notes app on your phone. And the other times like I just use a pen. I don't know. Why was it always the number two pencil? Like what was wrong with the number one pencil? Uh probably a question you could easily Google, but I don't know. You, you gotta have y'all ever thought of like we've all been out of school. I've been out of school sooner than y'all, but like all the bull they used to make us buy at back to school time. Oh, thanks. I mean, for at what age, man? Because they because they really they make you buy a lot of bull in college too. Well, yes, correct, and it's more expensive in college yeah. too. Yeah. But like yes. in grade school, like they sent you with that whole big ass list before school even start. Mm-hmm. It's like composition notebooks that you're gonna use like twice. And yeah, but I like that. Wide rule paper, even though college rule is much better, especially mm. if you have to write lines. Do y'all have no, to write wide, lines? Wide rule, is de- wide rule is definitely better because it's fewer lines per page. Nah, man. College, college rule, you got to write a lot to fill that up. But see, when you were when you get in trouble like me and Tony did, and you have to write lines, <laughs> <laughs> it's much better. Um, did you do you? Are you familiar with lines, Jason? My mom made us do it. We I never oh, really? had to do it in school. My mom would make us do it if we misbehaved or were disrespectful in the house, let alone at school. Mm. Not not at school, but like when we were younger, if we did something bad in the house, we would have to sit there and write lines. Bro, I used to. But you're talking like Bart Simpson oh. writing up on the chalkboard. Right? Yes, yeah. yes. Except on paper, it was like I will yeah, behave that's what the first we did. time and like right. five yes. times. Yes. I will not be disrespectful when my mom tells me to take care of the laundry. We did all that writing for nothing. Like, nobody saw the future coming. We did all of that writing for nothing. No, it wasn't for nothing. Teachers knew it was a pain. Teachers knew it was a pain in the ass. I barely write anything in my life. What are you talking about, though? It's not like we had – what else were we supposed to do? It was a punishment, Maybe You you guys are younger, so maybe you had computers and stuff like that. But when when I was in, like, first grade, it wasn't just, like, everyone had laptops. Like, like Russ, in 1991, like, for like spelling, you had to like write down mm-hmm. the word like five times each or something, mm-hmm. and then move. Like that was so useless. Like there's so much useless stuff that I don't even think about using in my current adult life. Like, I what mean, are we doing with education, I think spelling is important. Yes, not when you got you know everything corrects now. No, see that's the problem. Like, look, being on TV, like you notice a lot of things get missed mm-hmm. by people who shouldn't miss them. I'm not saying for my show, but like you watch the four letter network and other things like everything doesn't get caught because people think it was going to get caught by either somebody else or by mm-hmm. spell check. Doesn't always happen that way. You should be able yep. to spell words without having to spell check them, throw them in Google, whatever. Yeah, as long as you can yep. read them. The spelling Tony, is not Tony, really right. that's Tony, Tony. The whole reason you know how to read is because they covered that. <laughs> Correct. You're, to- you're totally undervaluing that that's where you learned reading and math, and you might not have learned it otherwise. I agree. I agree. I agree with you overall mm-hmm. that there were some parts of school, even all the way into college, where I'm like, what's the point of this, really? But I would say, like, learning to read and do math was is not one of those things. I'm going to make my own school, and I'm going to develop a curriculum. You guys no. get back to me on that. Okay, would it involve learning to read and write and do math? I think it would. Yeah, some math. <laughs> you know, I, I'm not even mad at Tony for saying some math because teachers, they lie. 
<laughs> I, I, I didn't need. I didn't need calculus. I didn't need not for the job. Not for no. the job that you ended up doing. There's probably a lot of things from school that you and I didn't need for the jobs we ended up doing. But correct the people who become like biomedical engineers probably doing something yeah. with some of that math for us. Yeah, that's them. those kids in the smart kids classes. Yeah, <laughs> but that they were in anyway. If if I think it was a safe to assume as a child, I was going to do something in this realm of sports stuff. Correct. Same. I say it's with me. safe to assume. I could have bypassed all of that. Got to jump on journalism ethics or whatever early instead of. Well, you, you could know, use more of that. You could use a lot more of that. Mm. I do wish they would have had journalism ethics in your school tone. I went to a fine and performing art school in elementary school. We did a lot of. And, and you and you came out like this. I was on the sound team. <laughs> and now that's what you handle for us. Yes. I took acting classes in college. I took two acting classes because you had to take some, uh, what do they call them? Electives. Yeah. And you had to take some fine arts. And so I thought this will be fun and I'll learn something from it. And I really liked it and I was very good at it. I don't think I'd ever like pursue that, but it, but even stuff like that, it helps you with a lot of the stuff that we do. Because you learn how to talk in front of people, you learn how to present something, you learn uh, to do all like that. I'm sure that's where Tony learned how to do his uh, Richard Williams impersonation. It's not easy, Russ. No, I learned that in church actually. <laughs> okay, that's definitely yeah. Because you think of the act, the 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 the, the bit. It is very black deacon. <laughs> <laughs> Did you miss Power Rangers? Were you already too old? We were uh, not allowed to watch it for some reason. I'm not sure why. What? I don't think I was ever particularly... My parents were strict, man. Uh, Especially my mom. Oh, man. Man, This is a segment. This is a segment. Okay, well, let's just do it right now. So you didn't get to watch Power Rangers. Yeah. You didn't get to watch what else? We... Well, there were... My parents... Okay, my parents divorced when I was five. And they did a pretty good job. All the adults involved in that situation, my mom, my dad, my stepdad, did a great job of doing what was in the best interest of the kids rather than whatever. And they were all very friendly with each other. My dad and stepdad coached my brother's Little League team together one year. That was the effort that they made. That was the effort that they made to give us as normal of a childhood as we could have. So, like, I don't think of it as some suffering. Um but one area where my the rules diverged significantly at my mom's house compared to my dad's house was my mom had very strict rules about what we could watch on TV. And my dad's rules about what we could watch on TV were none. There weren't. <laughs> so at my mom's, we were not allowed to watch Power Rangers. I don't know that I ever really wanted to watch Power Rangers that much, but like there were entire channels. On, on TV that my mom had taken out of the rotation, like MTV was not in there. Um, hmm. Comedy Central was not in there. Um, we were not allowed to watch The Simpsons. We were not allowed to watch Beavis and Butthead. Like, I don't know if you guys even know what Beavis and Butthead is. Oh, of course. Beavis and Butthead was like the most controversy I ever remember over a cartoon. And it was on originally like after school and they had to move it to late night because of just the outcry 
over Beavis and Butthead. Mm-hmm. And if you watched an episode of Beavis and Butthead and compared it to anything, like a hundred shows that are out now, it's mm-hmm. so tame. It's so nothing <laughs> compared to uh, compared to like even Euphoria. You know, just a very I'm not just cartoons. Oh, I'm Family Guy, yeah, American like Dad. It, it's nothing compared to Family Guy or, or even like South Futurama. Park eventually. Or I, I don't know what's popular now. Oh, Netflix! Um, Netflix they get wild on that with the animated adult shows. Well, they do Ooh, even on man. network TV compared to what was considered obscene when I was a kid. Now, what, what was obscene when I was a kid is now considered like nothing. Uh, so we would watch all these shows at my dad's. So I, I and we would watch a lot of there were, you know, my mom had a rule of like we couldn't watch PG-13 movies. And my dad's rule about movies was watch whatever you want. I don't care. So right. that's pretty. So we pretty much just like anytime there was a show that we wanted to watch, we would, uh, you know, try to set it up. So we'd be at my dad's house that night. Or if there was a movie we wanted to watch, we'd just wait till whenever we were next at my dad's house and that's how we would watch it. But I don't know that I ever wanted to watch Power Rangers. Was that an influential show to you guys? Oh, yeah. Okay. Mighty Morphing Power Rangers? Yes. Do you want to sing? Do you want to sing like just uh, just just enough of it for go, people to go, get a taste Power without Rangers. us getting sued? Go, go, Power Rangers. You Mighty Morphing Power Rangers. I will say that's you a, so hype. That's the, the hypest song. The hypest song when you were 10. I hope that was only 14 seconds because I think 15 gets us sued. <laughs> my uh my cousins who are the same age as Tony um named their dog Turbo after the Turbo Power Rangers. That's fire. Well, yeah, that's a cool name. It's a really good name. That's yeah, a good name. Fire. Well, I think Power Rangers is still popular because like one of the kids in my neighborhood dressed as a Power Ranger last fall for Halloween. Oh, so I don't know, is, it, is there new Power Rangers or uh, little five-year-old I, kids just being into the old Power Rangers? Nah, it's like Doctor Who. There's always a new cycle of Power Rangers. <laughs> 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 right. And then every, every once in a while, they'll retch back. That's another old old, uh, old man black Retch back there. They, yeah. They'll retch back, you know, <laughs> and get back to one of those original Power Rangers. And then they have like this super collaboration of just like all Red Rangers from every generation. And it's so lit. Ah. So I feel like uh, I feel like maybe sometime in the last three or four weeks, you started this thing where you started acting like an old person more than you normally do, <laughs> and you got a couple laughs out of me and Russ, and now you're like, I'm just gonna play that note as much as I can. Well, I mean, the the secret is it's it, it's always been the enemy, you know, the because okay. you know I, I'm the oldest in my family, so I just right. hung out with my dad and his friends a lot and my mm-hmm. grandparents. So, you know, after a while, you start picking up their mannerisms and, you know, things. At, at least I recognize them before I do them or as I'm doing them. It would be scary if I didn't recognize them and then just started acting like a 70-year-old black man. Okay. All right. All right. <laughs> Russ, Russ you, grew, you, you grew up as a pastor's kid. There had to have been I things did. that you were not allowed to watch that you found I, a way to watch. Like The Simpsons, for example, we would either watch it at my dad's or if my parents weren't home, if we were at my mom's and my parents weren't home, then that was like, let's go. Let's do it. Turn yeah. it on right now. And then as soon as you hear the uh, the garage door opening, change it to PBS, turn it off, and go run and act like you're practicing your clarinet or something. Yeah. I mean, you had to have had something like that. I, so this is where my parents, they're funny. Because, like, they're cool now. And we're cooler as me and my brother got older, even in our, like, high school years. 
But like in our early adolescent years, they were like super. You can't. We couldn't watch Pokemon, Digimon. We couldn't watch. We couldn't watch the whole tower. We couldn't have Pokemon cards. We couldn't have Yu-Gi-Oh cards. What's the reasoning? Is it because it's violence or it's like it was like devil? uh, Yes, yes. There you go, Tony. There oh, there go. were definitely things where that was the reason in our house. Yes, having those little demon had, cards in your house. I go had them demon cards in our house. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then we couldn't. We I don't couldn't. think my parents ever really knew enough about what Pokemon was. Yeah, I was. I'm a little old for that, I think. But my youngest brother was into that. But it's all just like goofy little creatures, and all they can do is say their own name. Let's, so I don't think my parents. I don't think that registered as a threat. The way like Power Rangers did. And let me tell you something about let me tell you something about black people, Jason. Especially <laughs> church church going. Okay. Hold on a second. Let me uh, get my notes. <laughs> Write it down. Here and, yeah. Okay. If there's something uh, that I, what should I what should I title this page in my notes? Uh, black church folks. Okay. <laughs> if they don't understand what it is, it has to be the devil. It's the Fair. devil. Okay. It's right. the I'm devil. The, the the Harry Potter way. All right, oh, I was getting to that, Tony. Man. I was getting to that. I was getting to that. That's so, kind of I was just just to um just to offer you some insight into the whites. That was also how my parents viewed things <laughs> okay. through that okay. through that lens. My mom definitely was like, if it seems weird or doesn't make sense, devil. Yeah, we're not gonna have that. We're not gonna, we're have not gonna be watching those demonic Power Rangers or those demonic Ren and Stimpy or that demonic SpongeBob. Or Ren and Stimpy yeah. was kind of wild. I, I got it. Looking back on it, Ren and Stimpy that was, was an adult. Wild. That was an adult show. That was an adult show. Oh, we loved that when we were kids. That was um, that came out when I was a kid. So yeah, Harry Potter was prime my my youth. So we couldn't read the books and we couldn't watch the movies at our parents' house. Um. <laughs> So anytime I would go to a friend's house for a sleepover or go to my cousin's house who didn't have those restrictions, we would obviously watch those things. And it was great. I remember one time me and my brother were watching The Simpsons. We thought we had the volume down low enough. We were in there sniggling and giggling. And then all of a sudden we had the door open and my mom literally, kid you not, jumps out. Oh no! Like, ha, got y'all what asses. Y'all oh. <laughs> got y'all asses. She didn't say that because... You know, church lady, she's like, oh, curse. But that was what she implied. And then we just go, ah! Like, we got caught. Like, we were so scared. Like, she was not sneaky at all. Usually, we'd always catch her. But, like, this time, she got us. Like, we were in there freaking out. And then she's like, yeah, I saw y'all in here. I knew y'all was in here watching it. But I think that was, like, the one where she's like, you know what? I don't even care anymore because y'all are just going to sneak and watch it anyway. So then we just, they kind of loosened up the restrictions. And then as we got older, they did not care. Mm. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. Like me and Russ can can vibe out to the, to that. I remember uh, if you know the Simpsons came on and we were at my grandparents' house, like, we're watching that filth. Mm-hmm. <laughs> watching that filth. Tur- the tur- Simpsons. The Simpsons. You know which is like you know nothing. You know what's funny? It's like they say that filth. It's like grandma. People are having sex on TV out here. <laughs> we watching that. Like do we just also also jokes? filth. Also filth, filth. The filthy filth. I've been re-watching The Simpsons. It's on Disney Plus. My kids have Disney Plus. And it's, this is Simpsons. They have the entire archive on there. I don't know if you guys grew up big fans of that show. Yes. Um, and uh, that D- Simpsons is the only thing I've been watching on Disney Plus. I don't think there's anything else there for me. Um, and it amazes me how much, how many times Homer Simpson says something that I could have imagined Tony saying. Really. Yes. Hmm. He's like anti-reading, anti-thinking. He, he would totally subscribe to your 
Well, I'm more interesting because I'm uninformed. Yeah. Hmm. And he's one of our most famous and beloved characters of all time. Just like you. Yes. Point made. Um, my mom has swung way the other direction, though, because, like, do you guys watch Ozark? Uh, yeah, it's one of our great shows on Netflix. Russ, you watch show. it? Too. You watch it? I don't too, watch, right? but I've heard it's a solid okay. show. It is really good. You don't need to watch every one of these shows that everybody says is great. You don't have time for that, possibly. I don't. Um, but my mom's the one that got me on the Ozark. I was at my mom's house like mm-hmm. several years ago, and she's like, you have to watch the show Ozark. And so she turns it on. And it's the first episode and the first episode they're getting caught for something by the cartel. And they're mm-hmm. like, I think they're like ch- shooting them and then chopping up their bodies and putting them in d- steel drums or something. And I'm sitting there like, Spoiler I look over. Yeah. I look over. This is the first episode, Tony. Spoiler alert. Come on. How is it a spoiler alert if I talk about Russ hasn't seen it. The show's been out for five years, Tony. It's not spoiler alert. Yeah, if that if something, if that's spoiled for you at this point, that's on you. It's right. not a huge, it's not a huge plot point anyway. Um, but that's how grisly it is. Kind of like Breaking Bad. Um, and like I turn, I look over at my mom being like, how are you watching this? Like, how are you the one telling me to watch? And she's asleep, naturally. So I sit through the rest of this show, like, you know, just watching people get shot and, uh, you know, chopped up and whatever else. And like, that's the kind of, st- apparently that, apparently Simpsons was not okay. But now Ozark is like, Ozark's fine. <laughs> you know what's Moms funny? are crazy, man. Go ahead. No, no, to their to their credit though, like as I watch my young nephew, the boy, aka Ja, you know, grow up, like I understand like their brains soak up everything. So I get wanting to well, Jason, you're the only parent here. You can probably attest to this. Like protecting the mind and innocence of, of a child is like a 24 hour gig. Well, finding the line between Doing that and over sheltering them is the real challenge. And that's something you're having to constantly reevaluate and is very subjective. And usually you got two people, you know, usually you got two parents trying to match up their sensibilities or what they think, where they think the line is. And so you're very, you end up being like very inconsistent in that. Hmm. But my parents were very consistent. It was just, you know, hard no on everything. <laughs> it was consistent. Uh, that I, I think, like, my it's weird. Like, it's cool that your parents get cooler as they, they get older. But, like, like, my mom, for instance, she's, like, super into history, watches all these, like, gruesome history documentaries where there's, like, blood everywhere and... <laughs> People getting mowed down by the the English, the British when they came over here, and all this other stuff. And then I'll we'll be watching a movie together, and a guy will get stabbed, and she'll like look away. I'm like, Ma, do you know what you watch? <laughs> what is wrong with you? Yeah. And she's like, No, and like flip the channel. I'm like, Ma, this is the best. <laughs> you know, you know what? You know what? To that point, Russ, you know what's funny now as an adult now, we just talked about like satis- satisfying things. Yes. Like one of the things that is hilarious to me now in adulthood is watching television, you know, Ozark or the like. Um, and then a sex scene comes on. I Dude, stare I was right at it, my God. Yes. I stare right at them and be like, oh, mm-hmm, I'm gonna no. watch this whole scene. And I'm enjoying it. And I'm enjoying it. Tony's funny. Now Tony, I was really gonna make that point too, because me and my family, like, we all watched Insecure on HBO when it was out. And like 
there. Yo, they, they be clapping cheeks. On bro, show, people bro. be getting cracked in there, right? <laughs> <laughs> so I'm like, I know I can watch this, but like, pastor and pastor wife, what y'all doing watching this? <laughs> and it's just like, then I would, I'm 20. Seven years old, then I'm sitting up here uncomfortable watching my favorite show because y'all are here watching it too. I the last thing I want if I'm watching something with my parents, which doesn't really happen that often because I don't live with them. Um, I guess I'm guessing this is a much more regular occurrence for you, Tone. Uh, the last thing I want is for some graphic sex scene to pop up in whatever show. Or movie we're watching, oh, but you, but you, yeah, you, you embrace it. You're looking, you're looking for it. I want it. You're like, this would be great. I'd be like, hold I, on. What I, what I want right now, what I want right now is to watch a graphic nude sex scene next to my parents. That's what you're saying. <laughs> because That's it's what always you like. funny. It's always funny to watch them squirm. Like, yeah, yeah. Tell me, tell me to look away now. I know what those are. I know what that is. I know what's going on. <laughs> I know what, what those, those are. <laughs> I know what happens at the end here. I know about this, mom. Oh my god, <laughs> Tony is a wild boy. I know, I know what, those, what are. those are. I know what those are. All right, so Tony, tell the tell the fine folks what you told me in the recent days. So. Um, as uh, you guys know, I am getting married October 14th to my lovely fiance, Stephanie. Love you, baby. You know what it is. Um, you got to do it. You got to do the point. Baby. <laughs> Love you. Yes, this um, has been well covered on our show. Yes. <laughs> just, just, hey, you know, we get new listeners every day. You know, we grow. Okay. Um, so uh, I am gathering grooms, people. <laughs> Uh, to be uh, okay. to stand with me as I venture off into Foreverland with my uh, betrothed, uh, and one of those young men who have the distinct honor of being in you know my wedding uh-huh. is one Russell Dorsey. So yeah. I I asked him last week, and uh, he so graciously accepted. I one I was honored when Tony. Asked me to be in a groom's in, in his wedding. That's awesome, and I that's real love uh, from my good friend Tony Gill. But here's the problem, Jason. Mm-hmm. When he asked me, Tony texts me nonsense all the time, right? So when it's something serious, yes. I think something's wrong. Yeah, this is, I'm gonna read you. I'm gonna read you the text that he right. sent me. Well, because you'll he get says, all these bizarre, weird texts. Yo, and then you'll get one. I've got like, hey, I've been thinking about death a lot lately. And you're like, yes. Now, what what do we do with that? Yes. I'm like, Tony, are you going to hurt yourself? Follow up. Not in a bad way. (laughs) I want to live more. We'll say that in the same text. So you got, so he texted you the, he texted you what? Yes. On Friday. He texted texted you asking you or he texted you like, hey, call me. Yes. Hey, hey, call me 911. Yes. It's basically that in Tony language. So I'm driving home from the studio. And he goes, when you have a second, can you give me a call? Thanks. And for last Tony, time, that's last like. Last time I got that text, it was him quitting the show for an hour long. You know what I'm saying? So I'm, in my mind, I'm like, oh, my God, my friend is hurt. I'm, I'm thinking, like, do I need to go pick him up? Like, is something happened? Him and Stephanie call off the wedding? Like, I'm thinking something horrible happened. So I literally sent him this. On my way home from the studio, but I can call you right now. Are you okay? 
No response, <laughs> right? No response. And then Tony calls. I'm like, oh my God, it's bad. It's horrible. And then he tells me what it is. And I'm like, oh man, this is great. But don't send me. And then he's like, you know what? After reading the text message, I can see how you thought it was bad. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I got to keep you guys on your toes, man. Right? You know? Oh my gotta, goodness. You know? But, you know, it's going to be a fun time. Uh, thanks for us. I tried to encompass, you know, just details in my life with my groomsmen, right? Like, I got my best friends uh, from, from childhood. They're in it. My brothers, um, they're in it. Um, my future brothers, in terms of my brother-in-laws, they're going to be in it. And then I want to grab some people um, that, that like, more recently that I have befriended in a, in a real way. Um and Russ is one of them. So, you know, thanks again, Russ, for for doing this, man. Um, definitely appreciate it. Obviously, Jason and uh, the crew there they're coming through uh, to the wedding and the reception. So, yeah, man, it's gonna be it's gonna be a fun time. I didn't want to make this segment about me, but thank you for making it about me. So, appreciate it. If you own a vehicle with less than two hundred thousand miles and have an auto warranty about to expire or no warranty coverage at all, listen up. CarShield has a low-cost month-to-month vehicle protection plan that covers more parts than ever. Visit carshield.com slash audio to find out how you could pay almost nothing for covered auto repairs. Drivers who activate this vehicle protection today will also receive free roadside assistance, free towing, and car rental options at no additional cost. Get your free quote today at carshield.com slash audio. That's carshield.com slash audio. Russ, one of the horrible things that happened in this past week was former NFL quarterback Dwayne Haskins died. I believe it was Saturday morning, was hit by a truck uh, crossing I-95 in I-595 in South Florida, which would be like, you know, crossing 294 or something like something's wrong there if you're doing that. Um, And uh, that situation was reported Saturday morning um, and in particular it was reported by Adam Schefter who got it from his agent and Adam Schefter the the really problematic part of the I, I hesitate to even get into this because a I don't want to use Dwayne Haskins death his tragic death at 24 years old as content and I certainly don't want to like shine a light on on a very negative aspect of this situation and how it was reported. But you and I have some expertise on this as media members. And I think that there is something worth talking about here from the journalism side of this and, and just from the, the human side of Dwayne Haskins and his family and friends. Um, Adam Schefter reported this with all the touch and bedside manner as though he was reporting a backup tight end getting traded. Correct. And that's a big problem when you're looking at this guy's death at 24 as a transaction to a report. And, and, and the, for those of you who aren't caught up on this, and I, I assume most of you are because this was a dominant story of the week. Adam Schefter's re- original reporting of this, Russ, was a tweet that said Dwayne Haskins, a standout at Ohio State before struggling to catch on with Washington and Pittsburgh in the NFL died this morning when he got hit by a car in South Florida. That tweet was Saturday morning. The apology for how insensitive that is didn't come until Monday on his podcast. This is 
somebody we've talked about on this podcast, I believe multiple times for ethics. And yes. at this point, that tweet said name and number. That's how it read. Like it, this is not just just like a cut or a trade or right. It's not caring about a it's human like reporting being the waiver wire. Yeah, it's just uh, dude died. A dude that wasn't good in the NFL or whatever. Like no feel, no reading the room, no care for his family, his wife, anybody that would see that and feel the way and. and like I've stopped looking at him as a journalist and now he, an entertainer that gets breaking news because that's what it's turned into. That's what it's become. You, we got to make an apology once every other month, twice every other month. You, that, that means you, you got to learn at some point. Right. You have to learn the lesson like you have to get better. And I don't see a person getting that's getting better. And it's unfortunate that it comes at a time where a young man lost his life and you had to be shamed into one, taking the tweet down and two, apologizing. He can learn in this situation. You can make mistakes in life and you can be instructed on them and learn from it and get better. The problem with Adam Schefter is that he's been doing this way too long not to know that. This is not right. a young reporter. This is someone that should have known. Especially after uh, his other most recent faux pas reporting on the Deshaun Watson case that just happened, uh, you know, not even a month, a month ago, I think. It was like two, two and a half weeks ago. That's what yeah. I'm like. It's, this has like become a, a monthly, bi-monthly thing where he has to apologize for some shit. And it's and like, like what, I, don't, I don't know what ESPN is, is is doing. They just paid him, right? They just gave him all this money. Just just signed uh, reportedly a five year, forty five million dollar deal. And for some, he's slipping. This is all like I don't. I'm not going to pretend like I know all of Adam Schefter's history, um, in terms of anything that he's done, you know, issue wise. But it feels like all of this stuff has happened within the last year with him. Uh, and if it's too much, like if it's impacting him in the way he chooses to do his job in that way, that much, does he need a break? Does he need an assistant? Does That's he what need it feels a like. Junior reporter, it that he can feed to, where they can add their name and his name to to the report. Like there, he can do something that not even maybe a half of a half of a half of a percent of the population can do in breaking news. Like he's an elite newsbreaker. And if you're the four letter network, you're like, well, he does this better than anybody else. Is it worth it? Yes. And you make them apologize. And then you say, well, like most places do, it'll blow over. Like I've seen a lot recently where it's like, hey, you make the person apologize and then you say it'll blow over. And that's kind of what where we are. Like if if you're expendable, then you'll have a hard time. If you're not like him, where 
he had 45 million reasons to apologize and hope that people moved on, you know, it, it's you, you're not going to force that guy out. That person's not going to be fired. I'm not saying it's a fireable offense. I'm just saying at some point when you have all these things that are happening so close together, right? Like Tony said, like a lot of this has happened in the last, not only last year, last six months. Um, This just shows a person that's not learning. And this would be a lot if you put somebody in his position, if you put some random person in his position and said, hey, here's what you have to do. Here's the job. You have to report on the news. You have to be on camera. You have to be on mic. You have to tweet constantly. You have to do all these things and you have to do it all really well. You have to really walk the line of reporting everything accurately, fairly, with the right sensibilities. That'd be difficult. But Adam Schefter has been doing this for a long time. So like if you walk into a restaurant and I'm like, hey, Russ, you better, you know, you need to cook me a a three-star Michelin meal. Well, that'd be a lot to ask of you as a regular person, but it wouldn't be a lot to ask of, you know, one of the most successful chefs in America. Adam Schefter should know better than these things that he's been doing. And to me, like the journalism side of this is secondary. This speaks to you as a person, you cannot lose sight of the fact that you're covering human beings. Correct. And you can be critical I write a lot of columns that are critical and I've had conversations with the people that I've written those columns uh, about and told them it's not personal. It's I'm criticizing your work and I never intend for it to become personal, but you will in this job, even as a sports writer, which a lot of us, including me choose to do because it is generally lighter. It is not the same intensity and darkness and like just, really sad work that a lot of times it is covering the actual news, but you will cover horrible things like this. I have, I have covered deaths and murders in my sports writing career. And you cannot forget that these are people. You cannot forget that what you're writing is going to be read by the mother of these people. And you can say it's just Twitter, but I think we're way past that. Correct. We're way past saying, Oh, it's just a tweet. It's not like, an article or it's not something he said on TV. It's all the same now. And it's been all the same for a long time. And it's not that I want to pick on or um, really drop the hammer on Adam Schefter, but Adam Schefter with his experience should know better. Yeah, man. And it was, I'm like, I'm trying to think like, what was he thinking in typing it? Like, who cares? But was he worried about people not knowing who Dwayne Haskins was? Or like I don't I don't get the the method in breaking down what he was trying to say in in that tweet. I I, I, I the amount of times I've I've gone over, I'm like, well, I can't think of a way that would formulate that the way he did in reporting what he reported. like That's something that I'm confused by. My only, I guess, logical explanation for that would be, as reporters, you work your whole career to be as as successful as that dude is, right? I also think part of it is when you are that successful, you lose closeness to things like, the things that are close to us, the things that we might um, 
think are important are less important at that level of, of success, right? Like you lose touch with reality in some ways, right? There yeah, are things. I think, you're right. I, I you're think right. that's. I think Especially that's in a national it, right? job like that. I mean, I'm. I would be. I would expect it'd be much more, much less likely that someone that covered Dwayne Haskins on a personal level would have tweeted something like that. It's very possible that Adam Schefter in his, I don't know if he did or didn't, but in his role, it's very conceivable that he would have never met Dwayne Haskins. Right. I thought it was important to discuss this um, because if, and and Jason, you said at the beginning, you know, we don't want to use, you know, uh, a young man's death as content. Um, But it needed to be discussed in the way that we, you know, are discussing it from a responsibility uh, and respect, you know, standpoint to, you know, a man first, right? That is a man, that is a son, um, that is somebody's family member uh, that you are, you know, reporting on. Mm -hmm. Um, And you're right, Jason, that, I mean, you're 100% right you can't forget that you're not just covering um, things on a, on a, on a board or on a screen. Like that was a human being that died, a very young man who still, whatever his relationship with football at the professional level was, he had so much life left to live as a, as a person uh, on this earth and to minimalize it to struggling to make, teams as your as your tweet about this man's life was just really really bad really really awful very distasteful um and i hope he i hope he learns i hope he learns like i get it you don't get to the spaces that he's gone to without being a shark about this stuff about breaking news but every once in a while you gotta remember these are human beings, like you said, Jason. Uh, every once in a while, every story that comes across needs to be like, wait, let me sit and breathe. About, is it important for me to get this first or get this right? Yeah. And, and and that's all my that's all my concern was is you he was more concerned about being first than showing respect to a person that passed away. I think that's what factored into you know, when you want to know what was he thinking, when you're trying to speculate as to what was he thinking when he sent that, I think, A, it's that. It's being in a rush to get it out there before, you know, NFL Network or Fox or The Athletic or whoever else gets it out there. And you really you really shouldn't be fixated on that when you're talking about something so high stakes. And secondly, I think that there's an element of just looking at him as a football player because this is what Adam Schefter's job is, is he deals in personnel and transactions and things like that. And when you say, you know, I hope he learns from this. I hope he learns the big lesson from this. The real, le- the, 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 the real lesson is not, Oh, Hey, just, uh, you know, make sure you don't tweet something insensitive, you know, after a guy, after a guy is killed or it's, it's not the tweet itself. It's the bigger picture, the bigger lesson of don't forget that these people you're covering are people first. Like you said, Tony, this is somebody's son, husband, brother, friend, you know, someone that people care about way beyond football. And you cannot lose sight of that when you're reporting on people. 
This is bullshit. Time to call out the world's hypocrisies with bullshit. High quality bullshit. <laughs> World class designer bullshit. To be sure. Bullshit. Presented by Sheets and Giggles. They just say whatever they think will interest the audience or make it appear that they know what they're talking about. And what comes out is bullshit. Time to call out some bullshit, Russ. Uh, this segment is sweeping the nation, getting more popular every week. Uh, I Call Bullshit is brought to you by Sheets and Giggles. You can get 23% off. It applies automatically when you go to sheetsgiggles.com slash SA. They've got everything. They've got sheet sets. I ordered uh, one set of the navy, one set of the gray striped. Did either of you guys get striped sheets? Because they look really, really good. I did not. I got the gray, dark gray solid, and then the uh, pearl colored solid. Okay. Those are good choices. Tony, you don't even know what one of yours is because you kept it in a box. (laughs) I got dark gray solid and white. Thank you. Yo, white is a bold choice, Tony. You get up, you didn't wash your ass. Yeah. Yeah. It's a risk I'm willing to take. Uh. So they sell sheet sets. They sell. They call their sheet set, by the way. Like this is the uh, the guts that these guys have. They just call it the sheet set. Quote the sheet set. Like it is the sheet set. Is the only one you'd need. And uh, they're not wrong. They've got they've got it in eleven colors. By the way, you heard me mention a couple. Russ mentioned a couple. Tony. When I originally uh, when I originally like asked you, Tony, what sheets mm-hmm. you needed like to pick out. One of the things you picked was like not even one of the colors they offered. Mm-hmm. And they offer a ton of colors. Like if you'd have just looked, you'd have seen they have 11 colors that you could have picked from. Um, you can get duvets, duvet covers, comforters. You can get flannel sheets, which are a hybrid of uh, eucalyptus and cotton. But uh, really, really, man, I would recommend to anybody get the eucalyptus sheets. They're so right. good. Um, in, my, in my house, like we bought our house a couple of years ago. There's only one. My, my wife didn't really let me have my hands on any part of it. The one thing, the only piece of furniture, for example, I was allowed to buy was the hockey net that we put in our basement, which is a fun thing to have in your basement. Um, this sheets set would be the second thing. And uh, my wife did not reject it. I know it's not furniture, but like I bought this, put it on the bed. And my wife was like, oh, these are good. You did a good job. I'm like, oh, thanks. Um, so go on sheetsgiggles.com slash SA. No promo code needed. If you go to that website, if you find them via that link, sheetsgiggles.com slash SA, you'll get 23% off. Mother's Day is next month. Father's Day is the month after that. Like anybody you get these sheets for as a gift is going to be thrilled to get them. Let's call some bullshit. Let's call out some bullshit. Russ, do you want to go first or you want Tony to go or me? I, uh, I can go first. So I usually throw to you to be polite. Red's, Red's COO, Phil Castellini, was on local radio on, on Tuesday. And when asked why Reds fans should stay committed to the team after their offseason of selling off players, not bringing back Nick Castellanos, he said, <laughs> well, where are, y'all, where, where, where are you going to go? Um, <laughs> which created a huge uproar from Reds fans and fans all over baseball because, you know, if, if you're a fan, why – that's not what you wanted to hear. You want to hear, look, we're committed to turning this thing around and we want to get this thing right um, for years to come. His reply was, eh, I mean, what, what, what y'all going to do if you leave? So <laughs> so I'm calling bullshit on him 
Because then, about six, seven hours later, there was a long apology from one. Here comes the apology. Bill Castellini, <laughs> where he's like, look, there we go. I love Red the uh, Reds fans, and I love that they support our team. Yeah. And we are committed. Love their this, money. And we're committed to turning this thing around. It's just like, all right, all right. You told us how you really felt. See, like, like many uh, profanities, bullshit works different ways. Like that's I, – I see two uses of bullshit in your – choice there where like one you can be like well that's a bullshit comment mm-hmm. not that it's fraudulent but like it's a bullshit thing to say but then the apology is also well that's that's a you know we're calling bullshit on that apology you don't really mean that absolutely i respect it at first before he went with the apology i mean you don't so, respect the apology yeah no no i don't respect the apology but his initial reaction to it i mean he kind of got a point like he like the whole fan connection to the team thing like owners have been taking advantage of that right they're like oh you don't support you're not a real fan if you don't support us when we down also we are also contributing to when we are down because we don't want to spend money to win like i mean he, it's not anything that's not obvious at least to me about what professional own they're here to make money they are not here to win games as much as you want your team to win that is not even secondary. What's the what's after secondary? Tertiary. Tertiary. What's after that? Tur- no, try it again, Tony. No, say it again. Yeah, let's say it right. Oh, no, don't tell him. Don't tell him. Tertiary. No, there's no D in it. Russ, Russ, let him, let him, let him flounder through it here. No, we're gonna stop. We're stopping the show here until you can say that word right. Tertiary. It's primary, secondary. Tertiary. Tertiary. There you go. He got it. Not tertiary, Tony. Tertiary. I like tertiary. Well, that's not. That's not the word. Russ, my bullshit follows a, uh, a a parallel to that. I am calling bullshit on Philly's third baseman, Alec Bohm. Oh, made, no, I'm sad about this one. I, well, he made three errors in the Phillies' uh, 5-4 win over the Mets on Monday. And after the second error, when he was getting booed by his home crowd, you can see him very clearly mouthing on television, I hate this place. <laughs> And I, I am not calling bullshit on that because that I understand him saying. Uh, but I am calling bullshit on the apology later, saying that he didn't mean that because you know he did. <laughs> All right. So it, like, I'm going to be like Tony. Like, here's my thing with Alec Baum doing that. I respect that he owned it. Yeah. He, said, yeah, he was, yeah, I, he was I caught said. on camera saying it. Everybody knew. Because you know. Not deny it in post game. We have all been around athletes long enough. Getting caught on camera, they would have still been like, "I ain't say that." <laughs> you could say, "I hate this these these You're fucking right. plays." Right. Right. He owned it. The guy made three errors in the game. That's a lot. He's a young guy. A lot. First first round pick. They expect a yep. lot out of him. He had a rough night in Philly, of all places, where they are kind <laughs> when you're not playing well. Even the that's Santa why Claus. he said that. That's why he said that. Right. I, I, I want to give him the benefit of the doubt as a young guy, emotional day. You made three errors, people giving it to you. You know, in Philly, they giving it to you. I want to give him the benefit of the doubt, but I respect your selection. Okay. Yes or no. He quote unquote hates this place. If I had to yeah. lean towards one, I lean towards the yes. Bro. Yeah. You know, <laughs> <laughs> go ahead, Tone. What do you call him? Bullshit on. I actually had two. Uh, bullshits uh, that I could have went to because I thought you guys would have okay. went to one. So I'm going to okay. just use one. On this. Okay. Use your best one, please. Out of right. two. Oh, man, they're both so good. 
Uh, I'm just going to pick a random one. So um, <laughs> let's go with this one. So I'm calling what a rare seat. situation that we're in where you've done much more work than was expected of you. Hey, I had to be prepared. I thought one of you this guys were two percent better, Russ. I thought you guys were going to go to to this obvious one. So go ahead, um, Tom. I'm calling bullshit on the Lakers. Oh, um, okay. The way they've handled business throughout the year has been funny uh, and fun, seeing all their mess ups on and off the court. Uh, and dramatic. They're, they're super clip. Uh, together on Twitter where you see all their <laughs> mess ups and it's hilarious. Um, but they, I'm calling specifically bullshit on the way that they handle firing Frank Vogel, uh, who won them a championship, uh, was a cha- is a championship winning head coach um, who was reportedly fired before their final game of the year uh, and he was asked about. Oh, so he was like pre-fired, like the uh, the Bears Patch dot com report, right? Uh, pre-fired. But the, but the report from Woj said they're going to tell him after the game. Okay. So the, a reporter so asked. Woj found out first. Right. So okay. She's these things go. Well, uh, the reporter asked him. I don't know which reporter. Sorry, I, I don't know your name. Asked him about the report after the game was over, after they won their their final game, and he said. They ain't tell me. (laughs) (laughs) And then the Lakers, then the Lakers social media team decided to post this tweet. Thank you, coach. With Frank Vogel holding up the championship. The small ass name. (laughs) You can't even see it. Yeah. So I'm calling Bushy on the Lakers. You guys have just been a joy to watch you fumble and bumble through this season. But come on now, like tell the man straight up, tell him straight up. You could have just tell him, hey, man, you ain't got to come to work today. You good. And he could have went home. <laughs> he could have not wasted his time coaching that game. Yeah. Like it's some honor I, to coach the right. last game. Yeah. Right. So, yeah. <laughs> uh, Russ, yeah. At, you know, we're talking about the versatility of this word. The Lakers are knee deep in bullshit right now. Yeah. Did you see any of their end of season press conferences? I'll give you a quick yeah. recap. Russell Wilson is, I mean, Russell Westbrook is citing fake media reports and then is very rightly so challenged on, okay, name one. And then he doesn't he either can't or won't. Uh, he calls out LeBron and AD as frauds for saying, let Russ be Russ when he says they didn't mean that. He's noncommittal on his $47 million player option for next year, which you know he's going to take. How do you not take that? LeBron, after the season, is saying that future decisions on this roster are not his call. That's bullshit. <laughs> and you have Anthony Davis saying that him and LeBron can still be a championship nucleus. That's Again, the biggest bullshit. one. More That's bullshit. The biggest one. So much bullshit oh gosh, around bullshit. the Lakers. The Lakers have like a, a sewage problem in their building right now. Uh, I Call Bullshit is brought to you by Sheets and Giggles. Again, these are the best sheets I've ever had. I can't tell you how much better this is than just the random stuff you're going to buy in the store. You've got to – get these sheets these eucalyptus sheets are silky smooth and you can get a really good deal on them 23 percent off is applied automatically when you go to sheetsgiggles.com slash sa gentlemen throughout our lives watching sports being in sports covering sports you you run across some excellent names mm-hmm and so it got me thinking, what are your favorite names in sports, whether it's now, a throwback, 
that you have seen come across where, where you hear that name and it's like, ah, oh, yes, I love this name. God, sham God. <laughs> oh, you were quick with it. Yeah, that ready fast. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't, I, I, the names that come to mind to me are more like, I think of like a lot of mine are going to be related to like 90s MLB and NBA. Mm-hmm. But I think of like Ken Griffey Jr., like just the last name Griffey is iconic in itself. But on the other end of the spectrum, I also think of former White Sox catcher Ron Karkovice, just because it's a funny name. Got it. Got it. Okay. Tony, uh, other than Sham God, what, what other names do you have you really enjoyed? Um, I don't know. That may be my only one. Like that, because it's so his name is also a basketball move now, you know, and it was his move. Like it's so synonymous in back in hoop culture that like, not only is a dope name. Um, I don't know where this, this kid is. He's a high school kid. I don't know if you've heard of him or not. Um, but his name was Dakotas. And his middle name was to ever do it. How do, you, how do you spell that first name? <laughs> uh, let me look that up for you. But his name is is for real, Dakotas to ever do it. Okay. He was a high school standout. I don't know where – I don't think he's – he should be in the league if he was good enough now. Well, he clearly um, wasn't Dakotas to ever do it. <laughs> so his name – this is how you spell his name. D-E apostrophe C-O-L-D-E-S-T and then – to ever do it was T O E V A D O I T Crawford. I don't ever want to make fun of somebody for what their parents decided to name them. I will say when you name your kid that the expectations oh, yeah. are going to be very hard to live up to. What so, some, I mean, you know, so some ones I thought of, uh, some football Leaky black. With who? What? Leaky Black, North Carolina standout this year. Okay. Okay. All right. Remy Remy Martin. Remy Martin. Standout of Kansas. Mm-hmm. It's a good one. His parents clearly uh, were thinking. Um, <laughs> That's how he was conceived. <laughs> I'm not going to say all that. Um, so some ones that I thought of: Debrickashaw Ferguson. That's a good one. That's a standout. That's uh, that sounds tough and mean. Like that sounds like. Yeah. You don't you don't want any part of a guy named DeBrickashaw. You had to be a left tackle. Yeah. <laughs> or a D tackle. Yeah. Um Milton Bradley, former mm-hmm. MLB outfielder. It's a fun one. Rusty Koontz, longtime <laughs> Kansas City Royals <laughs> first base coach. It's just a yeah. fun one. I always yeah. love that one. Uh TJ Hujmanzada. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. The longtime Bengals wide receiver. And last but not least, not a guy that a lot of people know about, uh, had a decent, you know, couple year career in Major League Baseball. Former Astros outfielder L.J. Hose. <laughs> uh, listen, man, you couldn't see that name on TV and not laugh. What got you thinking about this? That I because I thought of LJ Hose and I was like, oh my <laughs> okay. god, that, that was, was the start, that was the launch point. That for was the launch point for everything. And I'm like, gotcha. oh, what's some other great base or sports names? 
But LJ hoes, that's got to be. Because then you could just say things like, he got the hoes, and then, like, it's not bad. Like, that's his last name. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Oh, man. Thank you for indulging me so I can get my LJ hoes jokes off. That was good. Do you have any more? I don't want to. No, no, no. no, no it's fine. I have other news that we didn't wait, get. Wait, 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 wait. But if you have more LJ Hose jokes. Yeah, I do. But Magic, Magic Johnson. Johnson? That's, a good yeah. one. That's a good one. Uh, I was, he could walk in and his friends could say, there's some hoes in this house. Okay. Yes. <laughs> like the I, song. And you're you know, speaking it, Tony's language here. Tony's it would, giggling it away. Wouldn't, wouldn't be derogatory because his name is LJ Hose. Yeah. All right. Now you can go. All right. Now you'd like to hear the news we haven't gotten to. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I could do. I could scrap this and do twenty more minutes of L.J. Hose if you wrote more <laughs> material on it. Well, 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 I'll see. I will try to write some if, more. If you want to just jump in with some at any time, please go okay. ahead. Uh, here's the news we didn't get to, Russ, and uh, it starts with baseball. And so I'm going to need your expertise. I've been hearing. Okay. A, I've been hearing a lot of buzz. That's what us older people call it. A lot of buzz, a lot of chit chat, a lot of hullabaloo about uh, Stephen Kwan. Of the Guardians, including, let me give you a sample of one of the things I've heard about him. Coco Crisp. Oh, Coco Crisp was a good one. Go ahead, Jason. Let, let's hear something about Stephen Kwan from the Guardians tone. And now, Tony Gill reads. What's going on? Very dramatic entry. All right. Is Tony Gill with glasses high? Tony Gill with glasses is in the building. Just on a different vibe. Do you understand me? Do you hear me? That that, that Zah. Do you (laughs) feel me? Okay. This comes from Bally's Baseball Insider. Russ Dursey on Guardian Center Theater, Stephen Kwan. Stephen Kwan rakes. Jeez. That's good. Let's go to our baseball insider now, Russ Dursey, and find out um, what, what's so intriguing about Stephen Kwan uh, and why we should pay attention to him the rest of the season. Stephen Kwan is a fantastic story. First year with the Cleveland Guardians, and he has done nothing but hit. He is 10 for 15 at the time of this recording. And through his first five games in the big leagues, has not once swung and missed at a pitch. Wow. Like he's either watched it go by or he's put the ball in play. Like, or fouled it off. Like that's that's insane for a player to do that in their first five games of baseball. It's a really fun story. It could be one of these April things like, hey, that was a good story for a month. But like, it's not, the the, 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 ability, there's, the ability to put the ball in play is lost in today's game. And that's a guy that like, hey, I'm not going to strike out. I'm going to hit this ball somewhere. Yeah, the stat you dropped on that is actually makes me think that, that's the thing that makes me think this could be longer than just like an early season whatever story. I, th- I believe he set a record for a number of times reaching base in his first four games. But the stat that you mentioned is more impressive to me about contact. Yeah. And not swinging and missing. I mean, obviously he's going to at some point, but that to me would be more of an indicator of like, this guy's going to be really good. 
Two two doubles, a triple, seven walks, zero strikeouts. Like it's a good start. Yeah. They are doing uh the team a disservice if hit the Quan is not on a t-shirt somewhere. Correct. Correct. I was, I've been thinking about that and talking about that with people all week. Like that has to be his walk up and that would also have to be on a shirt somewhere. Russ, I'm going to guess you did not watch the masters because Tiger Woods was not really in it at the end. Uh, if so, that would be the same as my viewing experience of the masters. Um, but you would have missed a really regrettable moment Sunday on CBS where so Rory McIlroy hold one from the bunker on 18 on the last hole to end his tournament and give him actually at the time a shot at winning the thing, depending on how uh, Scotty Scheffler did Uh, that was spoiled by CBS analyst, Nick Faldo, who while CBS was showing Cam Smith's putt on another hole, when it happened, Faldo said, uh, quote, I don't want to spoil it, but something incredible just happened. So then they cut to Rory McIlroy chipping one in from Sand Trap. And as he's getting ready to shoot, you already know this is going in if something incredible happened. Uh, Nick Faldo was on the Dan Patrick show to apologize for this. He's been getting savaged for the sp- not, you know, spoiler alert. We are talking about spoiler alert earlier. Um, let's hear what he had to say, Tone. And now, Tony Gill reads. We back, baby. You know what it is. Tony Gill with glasses. Tony, uh, Nick Feldo is British. Mm. So why why don't you deliver this in a British accent for us? Mm. Tony Gill glasses, cultural appropriating. Let's do it. (laughs) (laughs) Uh Uh-oh, cheerio. That was a rookie mistake. Oi. That's not in the quote. That's not in the but quote. That was a rookie mistake. Oi. But I'm sitting there and it just happened. And it was just off the charts. When you hear the patrons <laughs> roar and the crowd goes nuts, you can't just go, let's look at Roy live out of the bunker on 18. Because you know, it's on tape delay. I got caught up for that split second and reacted. I got it all wrong. I'm sitting right in the middle of it. I'm sorry. I blurted. I didn't actually say what happened. I said, you won't believe what happened or something like that or whatever or the other. Chip, chip, cheerio. So, yes, spoiler alert. I've been broadcasting for 18 odd years or so. T, T. And that was my first cock up. You. Some parts of that were a British accent. Some part was like a New York accent. There was a lot going on there, but but I appreciate the effort. Um, You know what this reminded me of is like when I was a kid, I want to say this was the year that the Blackhawks were in the finals, uh, the Stanley Cup final against the Penguins, so like early 90s. And my dad was not able to watch the game that day, and so he recorded it on a VHS because he'd been out playing golf or something. And then when he got home, he's like, Hey, don't tell me what happened in the game because I'm going to watch it. And I said, okay, I won't, but you're not going to like it. Yeah, I would. You, did you get slapped? He was not happy. I was like eight, but. Yeah, he, <laughs> eight-year-olds get slapped all the time. Yeah, yeah. 
Uh, more golf. I didn't realize we we're going to talk this much golf today, but um, or any day. But a uh, a set of golf clubs supposedly used by Tiger Woods to win four of his majors went for auction at five million dollars. They are Titleist clubs, and the man selling them, or the the man who put them up for auction, rather, said that he bought them twelve years ago for fifty seven k. So this is a massive return on investment here. Um, the only thing is, though, somebody paid $5 million for these clubs, not necessarily knowing if they're really from Tiger and they're really the ones Tiger used to win four of these majors because there's not like a serial number or anything on it. There's no way to authenticate this other than if Tiger comes forward and does it and says, yes, these are my clubs. Yes, I use these to win this, this, and this uh, in the Tiger Slam back in the prime of his career. But uh, as part of their validation process, they did have this guy take a polygraph and he passed. That's a good return, man. Buying something. That sounds like you bought something at a garage sale and then became a millionaire off of it. I know 57 grand up front is a lot, but um, by the way, I interrupt uh, our, our news rundown here to remind you again that our show is brought to you by Connect Roasters. You can get 23% off at connectroasters.com with promo code ADJACENT23. Any order, $30 or more, you're going to find a lot of coffee on there, a lot of different roasts, a lot of different blends, really good selection over there at Connect Roasters. You can get 23% off any order of 30 or more by using promo code ADJACENT23. Uh, Russ. Yes. I thought of one more uh, LJ Hose joke. You can just jump right in with them. All right. we, know, we know that's what you're talking about. You don't He's, have to raise your hand or anything. Just fire away. His old managers could take him out of the game and say, I'm pulling hose. <laughs> you smile. Come on. Tony don't like that one. Tony likes that one. Yes. <laughs> All right. Um, does Cam Newton ever want to play again? Uh, between what he's doing, what he's done on the field the last couple of years and uh, his most recent comments, he seems to be actively working against that possibility. Enlighten us. Enlighten us, Jason. He appeared on the Million Dollars Worth of Game podcast, which uh, I, I'd not heard of before. I'm guessing now is the part where I learned it's extremely popular and everybody yes. listens to it. I, I don't know. Give it a kid. Wallow. Let's go. I, none of that. I didn't understand any of the words. They're very popular podcasts. Well, then there you go. That's probably how people heard about it because Cam Newton was on there and made a very sexist comment. Quote, a woman for me is handling your own, but knowing how to cater to a man's needs. Right. This is that's probably where nobody says right back to it. And I think a lot of times you get that aesthetic of like, I'm a boss bleep. I'm this. I'm that. No, baby. But you can't cook. You don't know when to be quiet. You don't know how to allow a man to lead. You're laughing not because it's funny. You're laughing because it's no, like. No, I'm not laughing. I'm laughing at you reading that. Like, I'm okay, not that's fine. What Cam said. Yeah, well, correct. Yeah, or, or you can laugh at the folly of what he said. Like, what, what a, what a, what a dumb attitude to have. Whether you voice that publicly or not, what a dumb attitude to have. And uh, then even dumber to say it. Like, uh, Tony, what's the Bible verse of better to be quiet and thought a fool? Than to open your mouth and prove it to everyone. Mm-hmm. That's in Proverbs. That wasn't it, Cam, a couple years back when he was with the Panthers, yes. where yep. the, the yes, it was. the reporter 
who was a woman who was talking about a route and he was like, it's weird hearing a woman talk about running routes. Uh, not weird, funny. He thought yeah, it was there hilarious. you go. There you go. Very it was funny, funny to hear, hearing a woman talk about uh, running routes. Accomplished football reporter Jordan Rodriguez talk about uh, routes. That was funny to him to hear a female talk about routes, to use his words. And then, but to hear the goof, it was the goofies saying, I don't see what's wrong. A lot of brothers out there, loud and wrong. Well, there, I mean, you could give me the context. I mean, this, he was probably on this podcast. I'm guessing this is like an hour long podcast, who knows, maybe longer. It's longer than the one minute quote that I just read. But I don't know what context you could give me where I'd be like, oh, okay, well, then I get why Cam said that. Yeah. Uh, Russ, did you hear about the JetBlue flight that tried to land four times at JFK and could not? I did not. There was a wild scene on this plane. I'm so glad I've never been involved in one of these things where there's like an uprising among the passengers about some kind of issue. Uh, Tony, if you have the clip for that, let's get it ready. But there was a, a flight coming from Cancun to JFK and tried four times to land at JFK, couldn't because of weather, and diverted to Newark, which is not far away. And after that, many of the people on the plane wanted to just get off right then and there. They'd had these four kind of shaky situations trying to land at JFK. They just wanted uh, many of them. I don't know if this flight was connecting. I don't know what what the possible uh, reasons would be why you wouldn't want to just get out at Newark, get your bags, and get out of there. Uh, But many of them wanted to do that. And JetBlue uh, made them stay on the plane and insisted that they were going to land at JFK. Tony, play the clip. Someone took a, a, a video with their phone of what was going on on this flight, Russ. The weather wasn't good. I'm not going back up in the air. This earth and going down. Look, man, I'll do something crazy. You can arrest me. I don't want to go back up in the air. Yeah, but do me a favor. It's not you. No. Officer. Officer, my kids are panicking. People are sick back there. We got to get off this plane. I don't want to be on this plane. It's dangerous. We tried to land four times already. I, I, it's dangerous. We're scared down. to fly. We want to get off. Take me to jail. I don't Please care. take. I don't want to go to jail, but it's not right. We're six hours. It's a three-hour flight. Uh, it's not your fault. It's not their fault. We just want to get off. I don't care about JFK. It's our lives. I don't want to go up. It's our lives. I'm sorry. Obviously, it was dramatic. People are sick back there. People are fainting. People are throwing up. A little respect for human beings. How long can we sit on this crap? I held myself in long enough. It's not right. Everybody wants to get the hell off. Yes, they do. Thank you. That was a. My man said, yo, take me, take me to jail. jail. Take me to jail. Well, the, the main speaker in the clip, though, when he heard that, when he heard someone else say, take me to jail, I don't want to go to jail. I don't want to do that. The funniest part I do want off this plane. There were two funny parts. That There was a brother. He had had enough. He he started crying. He said, I, I just want to get off this plane. Like, you heard the, the emotion in his voice. 
The other part was she was like, well, this is everybody don't want to get off this plane. And then everybody proceeds to go, no, 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 get us the fuck off this plane. <laughs> I never want to be in that. I, I started like get breaking into a cold sweat just watching it, thinking about being in that situation. And I don't know how it happened that I haven't because I've been on so many flights for the jobs that I've had over the years. But thankfully, I've never been in any situation like that where it was like, uh, you know, unruly past, like everybody kind of like revolting against the uh, the crew or the police officer that it, it's apparently there was a police officer there. Um, JetBlue said that customs were an issue because this flight was coming in from Mexico. I, I just can't picture that it'd be that impossible for an airline and TSA and Homeland Security and whatever to process. Like if any of these people live in New York and they want to get off this plane and they want to get their bags, like if they insist on it, like, can't we just, can't we do that? They, they were delayed another hour anyway. Like there was no reason why they couldn't have done this uh, in my mind. Like and that's it's, how not, drugs it's not too big of a task. To, that's how drugs get in. So no good. Yeah. Uh, they sat for an hour, then made the flight from Newark to JFK. Uh, JetBlue at the end of all this to apologize to the passengers and try to make this right. Here's uh, wait till you guys hear this. You're going to be blown away by the offer. Uh, $50 credit toward a future JetBlue flight. <laughs> they always think that'll be enough. Like, what does that even get you? That's you the bag a, fee. A flight. That's oh that's the God. bag fee, and they want, and they. I guarantee you, they wouldn't let you use that on the bag fee. They hit them with the the Reds uh, CCO. We don't know. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, uh, probably to one of the other eight airlines. But until um, you see those ticket prices dropping, you like JetBlue. Where we have going? Any, have, have, y'all flown Jet, <laughs> have you guys flown JetBlue before? I have. It's okay. I haven't flown it often, but I have. I flew it. Uh, that's the airline I took to the Dominican. That's from, I, from JFK. All right. I flew that from uh, Miami to Haiti. Yeah. I think they service the, that area, the, the Caribbean, a lot. There you go. Uh, ben Affleck and Jennifer Lopez are getting married. Did you guys know this? They were dating like 20 years ago and have both been through many serious relationships and even at least one marriage on JLo's side since then. And now they're getting married around age 50 or whatever they are now. Be happy for him. That's great. Um, here's my question. From Ben's perspective. Sure. When her and A-Rod are together, is it do you send the text, the send send the IG DM through like you? Hey, when he mess up, I'll be here. That would be your move? No, no, no. This is clear it was oh. clearly Ben's Ben clearly had the end. Like at any, she got she got back with him really quickly after her and A Rod broke up. Yeah, and it was like it was almost too quick. Like, hey man, I never thought that A Rod thing was real anyway. I did because I some maybe I think she really liked him. Mm. Is he likable? I like A Rod. I think I think he, he really. I like his his why I like A Rod. He's embraced who he is. Like if people say, "Oh, he's corny, he a cornball," and he knows, and he's like, "I'm cool with that." I'm also a gajillionaire, so it don't matter. Yeah. Well, you know, con- con- congrats to them. Fifth times a charm, maybe. Oh, that's mean. Uh, J Lo revealed the details of the proposal in her newsletter, which is called "On the J Lo." So, Tone, as you like make this move into adulthood, you need to read the new. You need to make sure every day that you're reading the Wall Street Journal and the Washington Post, and also on the J Lo for all uh, things. So you, yeah, just to stay current on things that are going on in the world. Uh, anyway, she was in a bubble bath 
when Ben Affleck proposed. And I'm guessing I'm guessing that's just an instinctive reaction. If you walk in, Jennifer Lopez is in a bubble bath in front of you. You just propose. I think that's probably. I mean, will you marry me, please? Yes. Um, Oddly, there were a lot of photos of this on uh, on in in the latest on the JLo. So I don't know, like how, you know, who's taking the pictures. I don't know if maybe, you know, some of these celebrities have like photographers just kind of on retainer all the time. Oh, she knew they was everything they ever do. She knew they was pulling up. Bingo. Oh, I don't know. Sorry. Sitting here looking fine with makeup on in a bathtub. Yeah, <laughs> it looked very spontaneous or it sounded very spontaneous, but then the pictures didn't, you know, the, I don't know if they reenacted it maybe, but it didn't seem like it was just the two of them there. Uh, and finally, Russ, there has been a lot of animal crime lately. And by animal crime, I mean crime committed by the animals, animals as criminals here. I've been reading a book about this, actually, this book called Fuzz by Emily Roach. Uh, and it covers like, you know, bears breaking into people's houses in Colorado and monkeys stealing things in India, elephants getting drunk and attacking people. It's a good book. Um Anyway, just in the past week or so, just recently, these are some of the things that have happened. A woodpecker. Go ahead, Tom. Whoa. Okay. I just want to give you the space to do that. A a woodpecker took food from a man in Central Park. A 10-foot alligator jaywalked across multiple lanes of a very busy street in Venice, Florida, and got under a man's truck while he was in it and started, like, shaking and moving his truck. A javelina. Do you know what that is? In the uh, southwest, a javelina. A female hyena. Incorrect. It's like a little pig. They call it like a skunk pig. It's like a kind of a rodent in the southwest. Uh, this is in Yavapai County, Arizona. It broke into someone's Subaru station wagon and started eating their bag of Cheetos and tore, tore up some of the inside of the car and somehow put the car in neutral. And so it rolled out of that person's driveway and across the street. Man, these are these animals are wild boys. That's not to, that's not even to mention uh, the, the probably the biggest news I've 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 glossed over is the Capitol Fox. I'm sure you guys saw the Capitol Fox, right? Did not. You did not. You didn't see this. No, I'm being serious. This was a fox that bit nine people outside the U.S. Capitol, and then was later found to have rabies. Stormy Daniels. <laughs> I, I want to leave it in, but I think we can leave it in. <laughs> That's a good joke, Tony. That's a really good joke. Uh-huh. You all right, man? On that note. He thinks it's a good joke, too. No, nah, it, was, it was a good one. Once Tony... uh gets himself together. That's going to do it for this week's episode of Sports Adjacent. Gentlemen, this was a fun one. I, I enjoyed this one. Oh, good. Because usually you don't. <laughs> it's not it's true. Usually, usually every episode ends with you being kind of upset at both of us. That's, yeah, 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 yeah. But I think we not did. Not today. Not today. We did. You, you guys did solid today. Yeah. As always, we want to thank both of our lovely sponsors, Sheets and Giggles. You can get 23% off on your next order by visiting sheetsgiggles.com slash SA. You can also... And, go and ahead. Twitter, verify Sheets and Giggles. They Please. out here. 
Verify she's and giggles. Stop yeah. playing with she's and giggles. I'm gonna be pulling up. You phony. You don't stop me. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Whoa. Yeah, me. Whoa. Tony, calm down, man. Please. Don't they're gonna take your blue check away. Then you <laughs> then you gonna be on here begging. Uh we're gonna have to get on parlor. But 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 yes, absolutely. Uh verify sheets and giggles. They are too many people out here pretending to be the eucalyptus sheets, and they are not. Mm-hmm. Um also wanna thank our other sponsor, Connect Grocers. Great company, local company. We love partnering with them. Use promo code, excuse me, promo code adjacent23 to get. 23% off your next order of $30 or more uh, at connectgrocers.com. Great coffee from all over the world that you can get high quality stuff. If you like hot coffee, if you want to brew your own coffee at home, refrigerate it, make your own iced coffees, you can do that too. I, I've had it that That's way. One of my it's, moves. it's really good for that uh, cold brew, whatever you like. They have really high quality coffee. So go to connectgrocers.com, adjacent23 as the promo code. Uh, gentlemen, anything else before we let the people go? Oh man, just shout out to the uh, people that tell me that they listen to this podcast. Like, just it's been happening a lot more recently, so that know I know that uh, the podcast is growing. Shout out to my guy Matt Ellis; he's a frequent listener, loves the podcast. So shout out to him. Um, and yeah, man, everybody just keep sharing, keep growing, keep growing this masterpiece. Absolutely, Tone. Tone, while you're on the mic, do you have one of your signature endorsements of? Uh, the wonderful sheets at Sheets and Giggles. Sheets and Giggles, the lover that you never thought you needed. What? What does that even mean? Well, it doesn't matter. We'll let the people think about okay. it <laughs> over the next week. And with that, we will catch you guys next week. Thanks for listening to Sports Adjacent with Jason Leisure and Russell Dorsey. Be sure to download, subscribe, and give the podcast five stars. You can check out the latest episode of Sports Adjacent on all digital streaming platforms. I'm very much adjacent. For a couple hours, I thought I was hood. But then all that happened, I was like, you know what, James? You adjacent to the motherfucker.